Welcome to Wheat Among the Tares, our live program here every Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern Time from Gethsemane Global Radio in Lexington, South Carolina. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Pastor Williamson, it's good to have you back with us. Yes, sir. Good morning to you, brother. And all you that are on this morning listening, thank you for being on the program. Blessing to have everybody aboard this morning, as I commonly say. A blessing that uh, you will tune in to listen to what is going on in the world with regard to pastors and missionaries and things that we try to bring to your attention every week. And we appreciate, uh, number one, you joining us. And, Pastor, I would say that probably the prayers of God's people uh, for the persecuted church, for yes, sure, and also for us here as we uh, labor to bring these uh, programs Amen. to you. Certainly, that's something that's needed from God's people sure. for sure. Well, there's no doubt the prayers for missions and all that's going on around the world has been increased, uh, calling out to the Lord just yes. because of this program. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate again you joining us this morning. I want to go right to our special guest this morning. He is Brother Chris Murray. He is with the uh, Baptist International Outreach Ministries, and a veteran missionary. Brother Chris Murray, I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares this morning, brother. Well, thank you, brother. It's good to be with you. I appreciate the invitation to have a part in the program. Well, we are glad to have you aboard this morning. And uh, Brother Chris, as uh, we had a conversation yesterday, kind of a precursor to uh, the program, and uh, you were sharing a lot of information with us uh, here, with me specifically. And um, I wanted to get into, first of all, uh, a little bit about um, Baptist International Outreach Ministries. Uh, how did that ministry come about? And uh, who initially was burdened of the Lord to, to get that started? Well, that happened while I was on the deputational trail. I did not join IBOM until 2003. We started out with Maranatha Baptist Missions out of Natchez, Mississippi with Dr. James Crumpton. Uh, we were on the field some years before we decided to make the switch, and there was no problems with Maranatha whatsoever. Uh, we just felt like that at the time we needed a, a more of a team approach to what was happening, and IBOM was working there in the country, and uh, we had friends with that board that we decided to labor co-labor with. But uh, IBOM was started out uh, by Dr. Wendell Runyon back in 1996, uh, and he had pastored a number of years there in the Asheville, North Carolina area. And after a number of years of uh, pastoring and participating in missions, making missions trips, he felt led of the Lord to step out and start the International Baptist Outreach Missions. 
and we have labored in several different countries now. Our board is not a big board, uh, but uh, we're doing a big job in getting the gospel around Amen. the world. Well, that is certainly a big job indeed, and our, our Lord Jesus Christ himself gave us that commission. Brother um, Chris, I, I know that there's countries, and uh, specifically uh, in uh, Southeast Asia, in the middle part of the southern part of Asia, if I can term it like that. Um, I know you mentioned, uh, and we've mentioned the Philippines, Burma, uh, which is Myanmar, uh, Laos, China, South Korea. These are all countries that right now that there is a, uh, an influence and a presence uh, by IBOM right now. Uh, let me go back and ask you a little bit about, first of all, uh, your personal involvement with uh, missions and where did you personally get started? Well, of course, I heard my first uh, missions uh, message uh, as a young convert in 1990. Dr. Mel Rudder uh, was preaching at my home church at Eastside Baptist Church in Greenville, Tennessee, where I was saved. Um, and I was intrigued by the presentation of, of the idea of being an ambassador uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ in a foreign country where uh, little or no knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ was known. And uh, that was the seed. And then the Lord called me to preach. I went away to Tabernacle Baptist Bible College in Greenville, South Carolina for uh, studying. And while I was there, I had the privilege of serving as the youth uh, director, youth pastor uh, at Tabernacle Baptist Church. And during that time, I, of course, Tabernacle is a legendary church when it comes to missions. Uh, met a lot of missionaries and uh, under a lot of missionary influence. And so I was praying that some of our young people would be called to missions. And, of course, that was a, a mistake. <laughs> because when you pray and volunteer someone else, God will, will dial your number every time. Amen. And uh, so the Lord began dealing with my heart personally about being a missionary. And, of course, I had to have a little talk with Jesus about that because I honestly wanted to stay right there the rest of my life. And I said, uh, Lord, you, you misunderstood my prayer, and I, I'm praying that you call some of our young people. And he said, no, son, you misunderstand what I'm saying. Amen. And uh, I'd always preached leadership by example, and he's told me to practice what I preach. Amen. And uh, so I, I, um, uh, we prayed about it and uh, did some research, and, and basically the Lord convinced us that uh, that's what he wanted for our lives. I will say this, there were several others that did follow, after we, we did what the Lord told us to do, there were several young people in our, our youth group there at Tabernacle at the time that went on to be missionaries. And I'm just so thankful for the Lord to honor his word and and prove himself strong Amen. and mighty in a mighty way. Amen. Pastor, we were just talking about that. Sure. Um, how uh, you as a young man, uh, God stirred your heart about Amen. that. And um, young people today, uh, they don't seem to be, quote, as stirred about missions yeah. as, as in the past. What's happened with yeah, that? Sure. Well, what, the reason I ended up going to the mission field for four and a half years or so is when I got saved at 16 years old, 
um, our pastor, Pastor Randall, you know, at the time flew a lot of mission trips, yes. personal mission from the yeah. church. And I remember I was just sitting here thinking about it after I got saved, just been coming to the church three or four months, gotten saved after three months of preaching. He came to me and didn't go talk to my mom or dad or anything. He, I remember him looking at me and he said, son, he said, a couple of months from now, we're going to the Turks and Caicos Islands. You're on that mission trip. Save your money. And walked away. And I went home and told my dad, I said, Pastor Randall said, you know, save my money. I'm going. He said, I guess you're going on a mission trip. I said, okay. So I went. And the verse that comes to my mind is, mine eye affecteth mine heart. Yes. And every mission trip, I don't think I missed one for, I don't know, three or four years of two or three mission trips a year. I was on every one of them. And going to the field, seeing it, God put a burden in my heart to want to go to the mission field. And uh, so we ended up going. Took your daughter away on the other That's side right. of the country. <laughs> yes, sir, you did. Yeah, for four and a half years. Yes. So. And, and, you know, and it was, and, and it, I know it was, a, it was a learning thing for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, Brother Chris, I know that those young people that followed you, um, because it, it stirred you out of your nest, and, uh, and those that followed, um, I know that they would probably have stories in and among themselves of what the Lord did in their lives. But the, the point being that if there's, if there are young people listening to this broadcast and maybe there's older folks that have uh, children, grandchildren, and you have a heart's desire for that type of thing. And that you would pray that God would stir their heart. I have, a, I have a bunch of grandsons right now Amen. that I would love to see God touch their heart sure. about missions. And, um, Brother Chris, let me let me just go uh, the couple of countries that I mentioned in the list. Of course, I know you were in the Philippines for many years, and that's kind of where the whole uh, thing of, of your personal involvement and then in other areas. You mentioned to me you were in the Philippines from 1997 to 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then from there... Uh, you started branching out and actually helping assist others from the Philippines to go into other areas of of Southeast Asia. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, what we did is uh, what, during those years that I was in the Philippines from, from 97 all the way through 2015, we actually helped Filipino missionaries go to the neighboring countries. Um uh, I think our first missionary that we were able to take on was in 2003 or four, And uh, one of them was uh, uh, a Burmese pastor that had come to the Philippines and uh, was going back to Myanmar. And um, we partnered with him along with several others. Our, our church was truly blessed to be able to help a lot of missionaries. But we started helping these, these, these Filipino missionaries primarily go to the neighboring countries. And through the years, uh, of course, our church was really established on the philosophy of discipleship. We were really big in discipleship. We had a threefold uh, approach to ministry, threefold emphasis, and that was evangelism, discipleship, and missions. And uh, that was our threefold purpose. And we... We really emphasize the discipleship, and all of our church planners, uh, Bible college students, full-time Christian workers, basically was a result of the discipleship ministry we had at the church. And uh, we helped these guys go to the other countries, and for several years they wanted me to come over 
we help them, you know, with materials, finances, and various things to help them start their church, start their schools. And they wanted us to come over and teach and preach. And I just never had the liberty to do that physically in person. Uh, I'd raise support to be a missionary, you know, to the Philippines. And so I just didn't feel like I had the liberty to go to the other countries personally. And so we just helped them financially and we helped them with materials. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, the Lord gave me that liberty to step out and start going to these other countries. I made the announcement to our churches of what our intentions were. And uh, from that point on, I started going personally to these countries and uh, doing pastoral training, discipleship conferences, and things of that nature, helping to strengthen what we had helped start, uh, as well as, you know, inspire the starting of more works. Um, our, our, Our emphasis has always been to start churches with the intent of starting more churches. We, we, we tried to uh, screen all of our potential church planners as much as possible to, to make sure they had the same philosophy that we did. They didn't have to do it exactly the way we did it, but the philosophy had to be there. The, the desire had to be there. If, if they were only wanting to establish a church for the sake of their own little kingdom, no, we didn't want that. We wanted to start a church that had the desire and the burden to reproduce and start more churches. Mm. And so that's what we've done through the years. The um, the, the burden there that you mentioned, um, Pastor, I can't. The <clears throat> just the, again use the word, Brother Chris, reproduction, and that sure. is um, that is so essential in the lives of not only people because once a church gets established, uh, then its outreach begins. And it, it continues to go over and over and over again, yes, brother Chris. Right now, uh, you mentioned some some facts and figures to me. Just and I was impressed by those um, total number of works right now. <clears throat> excuse me, within uh, IBOM's uh, you know area of service, uh, how many total works right now are there? Well, for the entire IBOM ministry, there's over 500 churches been started, as far as I know. Uh, we have uh, other uh, countries of emphasis, you know, with the board, but my my primarily, uh, you know, I've, my part is IBOM Asia. I, I'm working in Asia. We have 67 total ministries in Southeast Asia. Wow. Um, Amen. But we have a large presence in Africa and Mexico. Uh, and uh, we have works in Egypt as well, uh, but primarily it's, it's it's Southeast Asia for me, Mexico with Brother Luther Spivey, and then uh, Africa with uh, R.G. Smith as uh, the primary leader there, and um, that's the three main areas that we have works. And Pastor, the uh, the knowledge of this, and 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 for those of you who are listening, by if you just joined us, we're talking with Brother Chris Murray, who is a missionary to Southeast Asia with Baptist International Outreach Ministries, and Brother Chris has been describing to us a little bit about how 
um, IBOM began, how his personal involvement with uh, the mission field began in the Philippines in 1997. And we've kind of worked our way on up through to the present day. And again, the Philippines um, is an open country. But some of the rest of these on the list, uh, Burma, Laos, China, uh, they are closed countries. And uh, ministering to those countries specifically, uh, Brother Chris, is very difficult, is it not? Well, it can be for uh, some people, um, especially foreigners. Uh, It can be dangerous even for the locals. Uh, but I have found that um, when, you know, it's just like in the scripture, you know, uh, in Genesis when Joseph was sold into slavery, you know, he went on to say that, you know, you thought it evil against me, but God meant it, you know, unto good, you sure. know, to bring to pass the, the, the saving of much people. And, you know, Paul talked about how the things that happened to him fell out for the furtherance of the gospel. Amen. Um, I, I've just stood amazed, uh, to be honest with you, at how our team, and when I say our team, I'm talking about our nationals that are working in the countries. Uh, like, for example, right now, we, we can't get into Myanmar. You've got the COVID situation, and you've got the coup on top of the COVID. And so uh, it's just not... Uh, uh, easy to get into the country right now you they've actually opened up to allow foreigners to come in but there's no commercial flights that are taking people in and so um uh, that i know of now these things change from day to day yes they do um you know uh, but uh, but the nationals and this is the thing i really like about our ministry and, and honestly uh, i didn't even i don't think i even realized the value of it until things have transpired the way they have is the fact that we've trained the nationals to do the work and now we can no longer get in but they've been trained to do the work and they're doing what they've been trained to do and the ministry goes on without the american and uh, our guys there in myanmar they are hazarding their lives every time they walk out the door because of the military the way they're they have uh, started doing is they'll shoot first, ask, ask questions later, and they they they've killed women, children, citizens. Uh, they're now they've started uh, putting uh, as young as four year old children in jail. If they come to arrest a, a some a, a man, for example, who is who they believe to be a part of the the demonstrations against the governmental the coup. Uh, if he's not there, they'll arrest the wife and the child. They arrested a four-year-old child just the other day. Um, and just yesterday I saw in the news where they had arrested, uh, they believe that they have uh, apprehended a, a, a group of kids, high school kids, that were a part of an anti-coup demonstration. So they're doing all these things. And so our, our pastors, every time they walk out that door to pass out a track or to do a Bible study, they're hazarding their lives. But yet they've pursued, they've continued on. And and, I, and and that alone amazes me. But even on top of that, to realize that because so many of the people there within that country has been displaced, for example, they go to Yangon, the, the main capital uh, of Myanmar. They go there to work. Well, because of the COVID, because of the coup, many factories have shut down. Many places of business have shut down. 
So these people are leaving the city and going back to their provinces because they have no work. They have no way of survival. Well, with that, uh, our pastors there in the city that's got these people that's having to leave their church to go back to their provinces, they're, they're redeeming the time and taking advantage of the opportunity. They're not just letting them go home. They're sending them back as, as missionaries, so to speak, and they're they're starting churches in their provinces where they go back to. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, that that's a situation where, you know, the devil thought he got a, he had us knocked down, but but God uh stood and enabled this to to fall out to the furtherance of the gospel. Amen. People are getting saved, people are getting baptized, people are being added to the church even in the midst of the coup and the covid. And I, I just I stand amazed at the at the goodness of god in the midst of all the mess that we're facing amen and for those of you who are listening and and pastors he was mentioning that uh, as far as what's been going on specifically in uh, burma um brother chris you mentioned uh to me that that the and, and burma is a buddhist country is it not Yes, sir, it is. And you mentioned to me, and Pastor, we were talking about this just prior to going on the air. Chris, you mentioned that Buddhists are thinkers. Yes. And they don't immediately respond uh, to the things of the gospel. And I I thought about uh, probably one of my most favorite um, missionary figures in, in Christian history, and that's Adoniram Judson who pastor, he went there uh, with the very purpose. He turned his back on America and left. And really, that's what's needed when somebody purposes to go to a country. Is it not? I mean, they they really need just to say, Lord, I'm dead to my past. I am going to serve somebody else. Yeah, no, no doubt that, I mean, and God may, you know, lead them back or lead them somewhere else, but at the moment they go, they're all in and surrendered, you know, uh, for, for what the, for what the Lord may want in their lives. And it is, it is certainly a, a commitment. Yeah. Uh, certainly. the Lord didn't turn his back on it when he committed to come to us. Yeah. He that put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, for amen. sure. Amen. We and, need, we don't until, need... until the Lord leads you and turns you another direction. You're, you're, you just know this is what's before me. And, this is the will of God. And, and not to quit, not sure. to quit. Um, well, let me, let me interject there if I may. Yes, sir. Um, uh, one of the things about Adoniram Judson that a lot of people, uh, are not aware of is he had a team uh, approach. Uh, Adoniram Judson, great missionary, uh, hero of faith, no doubt about that. But he had one thing uh, that, that was working on his behalf that a lot of people are just, they don't realize. He had Luther Rice back here in the States raising funds for him yeah. to be able to stay there and do sure. what he did. He did, yes. And, um, and, and that, that team concept was just, uh, vital in his being able to stay there continuously like he did. Of course, he did get put in jail. That helped him stay a little bit longer. <laughs> but, right, uh, yes. but, you know, on top of that, uh, they had that team uh, uh, approach that enabled him to stay there and do the work while Luther Rice stayed here raising funds to enable him to stay there and do what, what God had sent him there to do. And, of course, I, I'm, I'm like Brother Williamson. I think uh, Adoniram Judson would have found a way to stay there and do it uh, irregardless. Uh, but at the same time, 
you really just can't dismiss that team approach sure. that they had that made that all possible. Certainly. And uh, I'm thankful that the Lord has given me the opportunity to do that with Brother Falk, who uh, uh, up until just uh, a year or two ago there, uh, he was our boots on the ground there and enable us to have this team uh, approach to making a difference in Myanmar. Amen. And I'm thankful for him, thankful for Brother Lova, our national director there. Uh, together, I think uh, the Lord has, has made a, a major impact there uh, just in, in a few years. You know, there in, in Myanmar alone, we have 25 churches. Uh, we have a pastoral training school. We have four orphanages. And uh, so I think those together are, are really being used of the Lord to make a difference in Myanmar, and I'm just thankful to be a part of it. Amen, brother. Well, and there's the Ministry of Helps, and uh, Paul yes, listed uh, that. And certainly. for those who are, um, you know, not in the foreground but in the background, and uh, certainly those that can labor to help and to minister. And uh, and again, I think of, of the Wheat Among the Tares is telling people about the opportunities that are there and that God would certainly, uh, if you're listening to this this morning or maybe via podcast later, that uh, God would burden your heart concerning how to pray uh, for those on the field. Brother Chris, I'm going to end up things here real quickly, but I wanted to ask you with regard to a couple of these other countries, Laos, um, Thailand, um, how are things with regard to ministry in those countries? These are some of the areas that we never, hardly ever hear about. Yes, sir. Laos uh, and Thailand, of course, are also Buddhist nations. And uh, the growth in these countries are much slower than, say, like the Philippines, where they're much more open. Um, Buddhists do not... Uh, quickly accept the gospel as we've already mentioned uh it takes time they you have to and i use this term for lack of better terms but back some years ago i heard a lot of talk about lifestyle evangelism and uh well in countries where you are dealing with say muslims and buddhists they've got to watch your life for a period of time to build a confidence and trust in what you're trying to say to them uh, they've got to see it in your life and and see something that they want. And so places like that uh, are, are, yeah, you can go to a, a school and have a big mass evangelistic meeting and have a bunch of kids raise their hand, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're saved. That's right. And I'm not trying yes, to sir. I'm not no, trying I'm to throw certainly. you know water on their fire, but I'm, I'm just saying I'm talking about reality. Yes. Uh, um, they. Uh, Laos, for example, we, we've been laboring in Laos for about, um, I think we started there in 2006, uh, and we've got four churches. Now, that's not a lot, but uh, it's progress. Yes. Uh, and every person that's been saved and added to those churches are converted Buddhists that took time to reach and teach the Word of God. Amen. Uh, and, and, for example, Thailand. Um, you know, we've, we've sent a lot of missionaries from America to Thailand through the years. Uh, honestly, you would think that, that Thailand would be much more um, Christianized by now. But literally, uh, to, to work in Thailand, you have to know the language. Uh, there's very few English-speaking people in Thailand. You have to learn the language to be effective there. 
and, and it's not an easy language to learn. And very few American missionaries, uh, uh, you know, either don't take the time or the ability to learn. Uh, I don't know. I've not lived in Thailand, so I don't know what it's really like. I just know this. You're not going to be be able to be very effective in Thailand without having a knowledge of the language. Amen. And so um, these countries, uh, being Buddhist as they are, it's a much slower pace of life. It's a much slower pace of spiritual growth. Uh, but it takes time. Uh, it takes effort. Uh, and it takes consistency. And, and it's definitely going to take the nationals to continue the commission uh, that we've, uh, we've been a part of. Well, and that term, winning them, uh, is a long-term process, uh, as you described. And, and uh, But he that winneth souls, yes, Proverbs 11 says, yeah. he is wise. One of our church planners uh, uh, just recently sent me a, a note uh, with some pictures of, of uh, a uh, couple of people that they had just recently uh, led to the Lord. And he shared with me he had been going to their home having Bible studies every week for over six months. Bless the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. There is uh, several more that have come to know and to the knowledge of the truth through the ministry of I- IBOC or IBOM rather, and uh, and certainly that uh, that God has used it. Uh, final question, brother Chris, uh, with regard to the need of prayer for you, your family, and the ministries there in Southeast Asia. Is there one thing that's foremost on your heart right now? Well, I would, I would think uh, right now it's, it's, the, it's like in Corinthians where it talked about uh, praying for the pulling down of strongholds. Um, you know, these strongholds, uh, talking about the COVID restrictions and the, and the coup, um, they are strongholds, but they yet are. in spite of them, there's, there's great work still being done uh I, I would say you know pulling those strong strongholds down so i can go back for one thing Amen. Uh, but uh, but even if i don't go back we can pray for the spiritual success of our people Amen. Uh, that they can continue uh, what's been started and uh, we uh, we're constantly uh striving our life and ministry verses jude uh, verse 22, where it says, As some have compassion, make a good difference. We've done a lot of uh, relief work that um, has opened up the door of utterance, you know, to speak the mystery of Christ to a lot of people. And uh, just pray that the work can go on, that God would be glorified, people will be saved, and and taught to walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Chris, our custom here is to pray with those that uh, we have on the board with Weed Among the Tears. And uh, we certainly thank you for sharing your heart with us concerning things that need to be uh, made mention of before the Lord. And uh, we certainly do pray for God's hand of mercy upon them. Pastor, uh, would you please uh, pray? Yeah, let me ask Brother Chris, um, part of your minister there, just to our listeners, um, are you... Are you raising funds? I mean, ex- explain what's going on as far as trying. Are you trying to raise funds to to help support these national pastors? Um, you know, how is their support getting to them? How do they get support? Is that coming through 
just people supporting IBOM in general, kind of how are folks maybe listening? Somebody want to support a national pastor or something or help, you know, with the ministries that you're talking about with IBOM? I, ra- I raised the funds to start uh, a church with a pastor and his family. And what we do is we raise uh, the support to sponsor that ministry for three years, which is uh, $6,000. We support the national pastor and his family $150 a month for three years. And that enables that pastor just to give himself to the ministry full-time for three years. And during that three years, if he's working hard, uh, he'll have enough people, one to the Lord, uh, to where, and, and discipled, hopefully, that uh, will enable that ministry to stand. It may not have everything it wants or even everything it needs, but he'll have enough people, uh, one and discipled, uh, that he can stand and continue. Um, and, of course, at the end of three years, we don't just dismiss them. We, we will continue partnering with them. We just do not necessarily finance them monthly as we have the last three years. We'll help them with projects. We'll help them with needs. We're constantly raising money for Bibles and, and materials and, and, like I said, the relief efforts, um, and we do that. But uh, they can contact me, uh, and uh, uh, they support them through me. That way I can uh, hold these guys accountable. Accountability is a big thing for me. Uh, because, you know, I know that's been a sore spot with a lot of uh, support for national ministries. Uh, We try our best to have a a strict uh, accountability with our guys. We have a a policy, no report, no support. And uh, we we have uh, people in each country that we're working in. The the national pastor has to bring his report to our designated uh, leader, and uh, it's discussed. Uh, things are relayed to me, uh, and I send the money to the accounts, uh, and, and that's how we do that. But, uh, yes, we, we raise the support for these pastors uh, through IBOM, uh, and uh, they can contact me or they can contact IBOM, and they can be, put them in touch with me. Amen. Amen. Yes. I'll, I'll give that that information right after we pray. Yes, let's okay, pray. That information is on my prayer card. Though. Amen. Yes, sir. Father, we thank you today for your grace and your mercy, for your kindness, Lord, just your, your faithfulness and your mercies that are new today. And we pray, Lord, for our brethren in these countries that are serving, uh, Lord, these uh, national pastors and missionaries that are with IBOM. Lord, we pray for them. Father, that you'll meet their needs, that you'll watch over them, protect them. Lord, we do pray that as uh, it was mentioned that these pastors go out to witness and disciple and, Lord, how the government and Myanmar and places uh, would seek to arrest them and put them in prison. We pray, Lord, for their deliverance, for their protection. Pray for their families. Pray for these, Lord, these young people that he mentioned, teenagers that were arrested, this four-year-old. We pray, Lord, for their deliverance. We pray, Lord, for you to work on their behalf. And, Lord, we pray for Brother Murray. Thank you for all the years that he served in the Philippines Amen. and how you equipped him and how you, uh, Lord, just fashioned him as a missionary and to be able to do what he's doing now. Amen. Thank you for calling him into 
to help this uh, ministry to undergird it and to be involved and thank you for all that he does and father we pray that you'll bless him and and uh, lord that you'll continue to use him give him wisdom dealing with these national works and uh, lord we do pray for the financial need uh, that is needed there and i know the need has to be great must be great and uh, we just pray for that as well in jesus christ's name we ask it Amen. 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 To get in touch, to get in touch with Brother Chris Murray, you're listening. Uh, the ministry email is simply I B O M, and then the word Asia I B O M, Asia at gmail dot com. Once again, I B O M Asia at gmail dot com. Well, Brother Chris, I want to thank you so much. Yes, thank you. For being with us this morning here on Wheat Among the Tares, it's been our pleasure to have you, my brother. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be with you. I've truly enjoyed it. Lord Amen. bless you, God my brother. Bless brother Chris. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Blessing, Pastor, indeed. And uh, I trust that the program has been a blessing to you this morning. We have heard much with regard to the ministry in Southeast Asia and we trust that God has touched your heart with what you have heard this morning. I'd like for you to join us every Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern time for Wheat Among the Tares. Pray for us here. Have a good day.